Hello, everyone, and welcome to this special edition of Employment Matters, brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm your host, Pete Waltz. Well, today's a special day. It's Tuesday, and on the Employment Matters podcast, that means Travel Tuesday. Each week, we get the chance to dial in our members from around the world who share with us important information we need to know about doing business in their jurisdiction. Today, we're going to be learning more about doing business in Austria. I'm pleased to welcome to the show, Sarah Haubmann, an associate at Sarah Hempel. Sarah, I'm excited to hear from you today, so let's get started. Can you give us a general overview of Austria, what the economy's like, the population, something about the government, language, anything you think that our members and listeners need to know about? Thank you, Peter, for having me. Great, I'm happy to do that. Let me tell you about Austria. So Austria is a rather small country with a population of only around 9 million. Almost 2 million of them live in the capital Vienna. More than a quarter of the Austrian population has a migration background. So Austria's population grows based on immigration and would otherwise decline in the long term. What's interesting is that small and medium enterprises are the backbone of the Austrian economy. These types of companies make up around 99.6% of total business economy and are the main employers in Austria. So more than 300 international companies use Austria as a base for their European headquarters or their European production. Austria seems to be quite popular for foreign employers as it offers a stable economic environment as well as excellent living conditions. For example, Vienna has been rapidly ranked in the Global Livability Index of The Economist as the city offering the highest quality of life in the world. Austria is a federal parliamentary republic with a president, a Bundespräsident, serving as head of state and a chancellor, so-called Bundeskanzler, as head of government. This means that people do not elect the head of the government directly, but rather they elect the parliament. Finally, Peter, the national language is German. So let's talk about some of these small to medium-sized businesses, Sarah. I think that's very interesting. Reminds me a lot of the German Mittelstadt and how that economy is driven. And since your main language is German, I'm sure there's a lot of similarities there. But let's get into the industries that kind of happen most often in Austria, what Austria is known for, if you can. Yeah, thank you, Peter. Austria is heavily dependent on international trade. The most important industrial sectors in Austria are mechanical and steel engineering, chemical and automotive industry, food and drink industry, electrical and electronics industry, as well as wood, pulp and paper industry. The majority of Austrian goods exports come from these industrial sectors. There are different regional focuses in terms of the major industries. For example, Vienna is known especially for financial services. Of course, also tourism plays an important economic role in Austria, not only because of cities like Vienna or Salzburg, but also for skiing. So let's talk about what it's like to employ people. You mentioned that you know a lot of international companies use Austria as a hub, and it's also got a great livability index. Let's say I'm a company from the U.S. and I want to employ locally in Austria. So what are some of the key structural issues I need to know about when I'm employing locally? Do you have works councils, for example, or unions, any kind of affirmative action? What types of things do I need to be prepared for? Well, yes, Peter. First of all, I think it is certainly worth mentioning that it is generally possible to employ employees in Austria, even if the employer's registered office is not in Austria and no branch office is established in Austria. 
However, even in such case, Austrian employment law and in particular provisions on minimum remuneration apply. Almost all business areas are covered by collective bargaining agreements, which are usually concluded between the Chamber of Commerce as representative of the employer and the unions. It is mandatory to apply such collective bargaining agreement. Employees in an operation with at least five employees may but do not have to establish a works council. The employer is not obliged to encourage employees to do so, but must not prevent the election. The Works Council has quite a lot of influence. For example, certain measures can only be introduced with the consent of the Works Council. For example, control measures or flexi-time agreements. The main difficulty for employers currently is to find employees. At the moment, it is difficult for employers in almost all industries to hire new staff. Employers must therefore introduce incentives to find and retain employees. This can be flexible working time models or profit sharing, for example. When hiring, as well as during an employment relationship and in the course of termination, employers may not discriminate against applicants and employees on the reasons of sex, age, religion, belief, ethnic origin, sexual orientation or disability. Otherwise, applicants or employees might be entitled to damages or can contest the termination in court. In general, the Austrian employment law is rather employee-friendly, but not as strict as the laws of Germany or France, for example. Especially employees under the age of about 45 years of service can usually be terminated by complying with notice periods and termination dates without having to fear that they contested in court. However, there are of course options for employees to contest the termination, which will mean that the employer needs justifying arguments such as personal or operational reasons. So Sarah, in each one of our episodes, I always want to ask the question of the balance or which has a better business climate advantage. So in Austria, would you say the general business client leans more in favor of the businesses or is it really leaning more in favor of employees in Austria? What do you think? I think compared internationally, especially if you compare it to the US or to UK, Austria can be considered a rather employee-friendly country. In this context, particular reference needs to be made to the already mentioned collective bargaining agreements. There are a total of around 800 collective bargaining agreements in Austria, of which around 450 are renegotiated by the trade unions every year. So 98% of employment relationships in Austria are covered by such a collective bargaining agreement, and it is mandatory for the employer to apply the relevant collective bargaining agreement. They do not only set minimum wages, but also they provide for various other minimum standards, such as regulations on working hours, additional days off, or a 13th and 14th salary. As these agreements set minimum standards for employees, the employment contract may also not contain provisions that are less favorable to the employee. Such a provision would be void. For the employer, it is important to know which collective bargaining agreement applies to their respective employment relationship. In addition, the employer must always stay up to date as collective bargaining agreements are usually renegotiated on an annual basis. So almost all employees in Austria receive the monthly salary 14 times per year. The rule of 14 monthly salaries per year is contained in these collective bargaining agreements. But even for employees that are not covered by them, as a practical matter, it is usually standard in Austria. Another example is that under the mandatory provisions of the Austrian Vacation Act, 
Employees with 25 years or less of service are entitled to an annual vacation of currently at least 25 working days, i.e. Monday through Friday, and after 25 years of service, at least 30 working days, provided they work five days per week. This also applies to part-time employees. Collective bargaining agreements may provide for certain additional paid vacation days on particular occasions, for example, marriage, child's birth, or funerals of close relatives. So, Sarah, thanks for that update. Let's talk about cross-border opportunities in the region and, and some of the immigration standards. And I know, again, in the EU, a lot of that is standardized, but I'm an American coming to that region, or maybe I'm coming from Asia or, or Africa. What are some of the immigration standards that we need to know about when we come to Austria? Yeah, as a general rule, of course, EU citizens enjoy free movement of workers, meaning that they can pursue any legal employment in any EU country. And Austria also applies this principle to EEA citizens and to Switzerland. So any rules regarding business immigration therefore only apply in case non-EEA or non-Swiss citizens shall be employed in Austria. For those people, there exist various work permits. And which work permit one should apply for always depends on the individual case. However, if the employee has an academic degree that is recognized in Austria, has a binding job offer for at least six months, as well as an annual income of around 46,000 euros, then the EU blue card is usually granted. But before granting a permit, the Austrian Labour Market Service carries out an evaluation whether a person currently unemployed in Austria could also take over the position in question. If so, then the application will be unsuccessful. It must be noted that also short-term work in Austria can lead to several obligations. For example, secondments or personal lease to Austria can trigger notification as well as record-keeping obligations. Authorities very often carry out inspections and fines are common if mistakes are made. We therefore strongly recommend assessing the case before sending employees to Austria, even if such activity is a very short term. Wonderful. Well, thanks for that information, Sarah. And again, I'm looking forward to getting to Austria. For those listening from the ELA, you know, we have our annual meeting each year, and this year it will be in Vienna, which will be an exciting time. So I look forward to seeing you then, and thanks so much for your time today. Thank you so much. I'm also looking forward to meeting you there. If you'd like to connect with Sarah, you can find her bio by clicking on her name in the description of this podcast. Please visit ela.law to receive invitations to our upcoming webinars, download white papers, get access to on-demand content from our online library or use the ELA's exclusive Global Employer Handbook. You've been listening to Employment Matters, a podcast brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm Pete Waltz. Thanks so much for listening.